0: it.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontanelle Fennel Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots to look at as we take action on this trade today. If you saw the negative numbers on the grain side of the trade, but flip the coin, and yeah, that you're not seeing things. Live cattle, feeder cattle, we did see some limit up action. We'll dive into that. Weather's a big talk as well as we look back to last or this past Monday's report from the NAS. We did see some record planting going on. If there's some crops peeking out of the ground, what's this weekend's weather going to mean? So we're going to dive into all of that as Arlen Suderman joins us from FC Stone. And and let's first look at this weather situation. I know that the weathermen here keep talking about a weekend freeze, and that's not what we need right now.
0: No, it hasn't. You know, it's been dry for a while now. And really, if you look at the western uh, portion of the Midwest, look at rainfall that we've had over the last 30 days it's some of the lowest for that period of time that we've seen in the western midwest um of the last 40 years about the second or third driest overall so we, there are some more showers expected to come but you brought up the cold weather um there's we've seen a change in the jet stream once again and it's expected to drop some cold air down across the midwest it looks like this is going to really be a saturday morning focal point right now and it also looks like it's going to be shunted a little bit further to the east than what was first thought when we first saw this starting to show up on the models and so much of the northern and eastern part of the midwest are most at risk and if you look at when crops are planted in various states and uh, how many growing degree days we've had since planting what emergent should be etc Looks like somewhere between 4 and 9% of the nation's corn crop may need to be replanted because of the uh, cold snap coming, in addition to some of the wheat, especially in uh, parts of Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio that could experience some freeze damage that may see some losses, and that'd be soft red winter wheat in that area. So uh, Saturday morning will be a key time for both corn and wheat.
1: So we look at this, and and going beyond this weekend, and you talked as we were going into this, what can we expect in the coming months? Are there some hints that you're hearing in in these weather models that might set the tone for the rest of the summer, which obviously is going to affect these markets?
0: Yeah, the big question is, what's the summer going to look like? Because basically we talk a lot about the ENSO cycle. That is the cycle between La Nina and El Nino. We've been in an El Nino now for a couple of years, which is warm waters in the Equatorial Pacific. And it appears like we're ready to cycle into a La Nina. So the timing of that is critical. Not necessarily the, the level of La Nina, but the speed at which we transition seems to affect the weather patterns the most. But in addition to that, right now the models are starting to speed up that transition to suggest that we could technically be in a La Nina uh, with cool waters in the Equatorial Pacific by late June, which would tend to increase our risk for a warm, dry, high pressure to set up at some place in the middle part of the country or something like that, which could affect us. The other key to how intense that might be would be the water temperature anomalies off the west coast, in the, up in the Gulf of Alaska, and the other more, probably more critical area would be off the Baja of California. If those go cooler than normal, and we have seen some cooling, but the models are still not suggesting that that's going to go below normal. Right now, they're still pretty much warm. But if that would happen to cool, then that would intensify the outlook for below normal uh, hot and dry summer air here, here in some place in the Midwest. Right now the general thinking is that as as long as we're seeing above you know good rains in Missouri, I know Kansas and Nebraska have been drying out of late, but as long as you see good rains in Missouri that means the Gulf moisture is still getting up into Iowa and a lot of those and states to the north and to the east and so any loss in production in the west would be minimized by higher yields to the east. If we start to see Missouri dry out, then that'll be a clue that we're starting to shut off that moisture as dryness works from west to east across the Midwest, allowing high pressure to set up and kind of block the moisture further to the to the east, maybe up over the top of the Midwest and coming up around to the southern, eastern parts of the Midwest, and we could see a more widespread type of stress event. Um, overall, the forecasters still see... Uh, better than not odds, I'd put it like 60-40, that will have generally good yield potential this summer across the Midwest, but that 40 is a much elevated risk from normal, so it means it's something we've got to pay attention to and, and watch going forward.
1: So, Talking with some folks at Kansas State University, they were talking about the southwest part of the state, and this wheat crop is already struggling because it is so dry down there. That's not what you're talking about, setting the tone real well for the rest of this growing season for that crop.
0: Yeah, exactly right. So what we watch is, does that drought just continue to expand to the north and east? It is a significant factor for them there, and of course, they had freeze damage as well on the wheat. Um, but what do we see in the way of expansion and uh so that's what we need to watch um particularly here as we go through the rest of may into june if we haven't seen that dry weather expand across missouri into the month of june then we're probably going to be all right over most of the midwest even though we may be warm and dry here in the plains Um, but even there we'll have to question how strong the high pressure could be but if we do see that expand into Missouri, then that's a big warning sign that the high pressure might be intensifying and could create problems over a wide area.
1: Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to continue to have this weather discussion and what this means, setting up the market trade, especially for folks trying to market the new crop. And then we are going to look at this craziness of the livestock market. Cash, it does make you do a double take, and we did see an increase on those numbers coming out to our producers. A lot more is coming up on this Wednesday. Arlen Suderman joins us. It is the Fontanelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the final, final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue to look at what's happening in the markets, Arlen Suderman joins us for part two. And we were talking weather. And, you know, looking compared to years past when we've seen some serious weather-related markets, are we setting up the tone for this to be another weather phenomenon? Or are we just going to have to wait and see and and see what's thrown at us as the summer continues?
0: Yeah, we're going to have to wait and see. Like it always is in farming and agriculture, the risks of uh some type of uh warm, dry situation are higher, but I'd say they're still below 50%. And uh, so right now I'm anticipating that on Tuesday and USDA releases their first WASDE report, they're going to use their acreage estimate, I suspect, from March 31. They're going to use their trend yield from the outlook form in February of 178 and a half bushels per acre. And that's going to give us almost a 16 billion bushel crop. And in a time when demand is hurt because of coronavirus, meaning ethanol plants down and processors, uh, livestock processors are shut down and feed demand is being reduced. So it'll be real interesting to see what USDA does on the demand side of the ledger. I think that'll be one of the most watched factors and um, leave us vulnerable to seeing Um, USDA print uh, corn index stocks number for the year ahead well above three billion bushels.
1: So then how does the Black Sea region and the weather they're being dealt and Brazil, for example, tie into what we're seeing?
0: That, those developments could offset the lost demand here in the United States if they become significant. uh, The two biggest competitors we have on the export front are going to be the Black Sea in South America, and specifically Brazil's safrina corn crop. Uh, about half of their crop has been under stress. They've been expecting timely rains. They're early in the reproductive cycle now, pollination and grain fill cycle, so it's critical time for them right now. Some areas haven't had rain for six weeks. Their soils are not very forgiving. They were expecting widespread, timely rain last half of this week, and it is really looking like it may not happen now and uh, it, at least the range will stay to the north and maybe just get a little bit into the dry areas so that's going to be a key we could see production drop off uh, notably in in that area here over the next couple of weeks if that rain doesn't verify. The Black Sea has been very dry as well they have had some showers evolve and develop here over the past week Overall, as I've looked at the rainfall totals, they have missed some key areas. So some areas got good rains, others got very little. And that's kind of the expectation going forward over the coming week as well. And there's increased risks through the summer based on sea surface temperature. So that's an area of greater uncertainty, um, but with higher risk as well. If We would notably reduce production in both of those areas, Black Sea and Brazil. Um, then we could see U.S. exports rise notably, particularly if China would come in and buy as well, and we could offset much of the surplus that we have. That's a lot of ifs that have to come together.
1: Jump over to the livestock side of the trade. Limit up on our cattle today. At least a little nugget of good news for the cattlemen when we saw cash go from 95 to 110.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And basically the livestock market's been pricing in worst case scenarios or potential worst case scenarios, just as the grain and oil seeds price markets have been. And in livestock, we're finding out maybe it's not quite, it's bad. I, I don't want to minimize that, but maybe not quite as disastrous as what the market was pricing in. As uh, we were trading in spot months and cattle well down into the 80s, and, and the cash market just doesn't want to go that low. And we saw the um the online exchange trade at ninety-five, mostly for cattle in the one to seventeen delivery period, one to nine day delivery period uh didn't sell. But then we saw Cargill come out and start paying uh from the reports I saw anyway one ten and obviously that's that's a good uh about twenty dollars above plus where the board was trading for the June contract. So we rallied late in the session. Finish the $3 limit higher and we'll be at the expanded limits tomorrow to see how this all measures up and uh, with what's happening in the industry.
1: What are we going to do? Um, and from, from a hog perspective, we're still dealing with a lot of the same issues that the, the cattle are when it comes to packing plants and, and getting product moved and dealing with price differences as well.
0: Yeah, we're basically down 30-35% to on capacity. And if social distancing is required in these plants as they reopen, that will also dramatically cut capacity, leaving us in a similar position. So that's the problem in the industry right now. We're not meeting demand. Well, that's the pinch point. The farmer is the one being hurt right now, and the consumers now having to pay higher prices for it as well.
1: All right, Arlen, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
0: INTLFCstone.com.
1: And on Twitter at
0: uh, twitter.com slash 101
1: And that's a Fontenelle Final Bell where commodity featured options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. It's brought to you today by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealer on the Rural Radio Network.